Welcome to another episode of Pipeline Foods Into the Weeds podcast. I'm your host, Anders Gerda. We've got a good series of conversations here, so let's get right into it. It's spring, and like most springs, the rush is on. In some states, crops are already mostly in the ground, while preparations are underway to get rolling further north. This spring is also different than any we've ever experienced. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and COVID-19 has affected our lives in ways that we may only be beginning to understand. In this time of isolation and busyness, we wanted to do our part to support connection. So let's take a road trip to hear about how the season is shaping up for farmers around the country and to take the temperature, if you will, of how farm families and the communities they live in are reacting to COVID-19. This episode is one of seven in which we check in with growers from Missouri on up to Canada. So hop in, buckle up, and let's hit the road for this special spring 2020 series of Into the Weeds podcasts, Road Trip Edition. Mark Cornelius wears a lot of hats. He was an organic and biological farmer for many years near Odin, Indiana, runs a crop insurance business, operates a couple elevators, and is now a landlord, renting out the certified organic land that he once cropped. We check in with Mark to hear what this season has in store for him and his neighbors in Indiana, how he sees COVID-19 changing the landscape around him, and talk a little bit about what it takes to be a successful organic farmer. We're here in southwestern Indiana, where planters are running. Let's pull off here and say hi to Mark. Hello there. Mr. Cornelius. How are you? Not bad. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Busy times for some reason. I don't know. I've had more (laughs) calls this morning than I normally get. Huh. I think I think people people just like you too much, Mark. They just want to have a reason to talk to you. That's it. I guess. <laughs> so thanks for taking the time to have another phone conversation this morning. Uh, as I wrote over email, what we're trying to do is just do a, a spring road trip uh, throughout this part of the United States, starting in Missouri, weaving our way across the Corn Belt. And then we just had a conversation actually with a farmer up in Saskatchewan. So we're shooting all the way up to, to Canada. Um, just to, to give people an idea of what's happening at this point in the spring season as people are either preparing uh, to get into the field or, in Missouri's case, are already already getting, getting after it, uh, as well as to check in about how people are uh, dealing with or being affected by coronavirus, by COVID-19. Right, right. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me a little bit this morning. How are things over in Indiana? Things here are wet today. It's rainy. Uh, uh, rainy and gloomy, but sunshine tomorrow. Good. So, so how are things around you? Uh, where are people at as far as field prep or planting? Kind of give us give us a little periscope into what's happening in Indiana. As you know, I'm I'm a grain handler. We have two elevators. We have uh, we also have we have rented our our land to four tenants. And, and that's uh, land that you transitioned to organic, farmed yourself for a while, and have now transitioned to tenants, correct? Correct. And now, Got it. now at, at 68 years of age, I've decided that having having uh, two or three businesses going all the time is just <laughs> more than I need. So Got it. Uh, we're also in the crop insurance business and insure about 360,000 acres throughout Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially last year, it kept us busier than I think it ever has 
in the past. Mm, right. You know, Rough year, PP. Uh, 2019, we had, we had replant, we had prevented plant, we had failed crops, we had it all. At least this year, we're not getting started off that way. This, this year, starting off more like 2012, there is a lot of corn and a lot of soybeans planted. I have farmers that are completely finished. I have wow. one 6,000 acre farmer that is, that is completely finished. And he's normally 6,000 acres of corn. This year, he's uh, uh, 4,000 corn, 2,000 soybeans. Mm-hmm. So, so we are seeing a little bit of shift to, to, uh, to soybeans. There's a lot of popcorn planted. Okay. Um, but corn, soybeans, and popcorn, a lot of it in the ground, and a lot of tillage work, and a lot of drainage work been done. It's, it's been a pretty good past three weeks. And is, is that relatively early for you, or are you pretty much on, on schedule? I would say for the conventional farmers, this is this is pretty normal. Okay. Uh, they would they would like to they would like to be done in April if they could be. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, the weather did not allow them to have a normal year last year. And so your your organic tenants, the ones who have taken over the land that you transitioned there, I'm sure they're they're still weeks out at this point. Or when when did you when you were farming, or what, when you recommend to them? what their practices should be. When are things getting in the ground for that organic land? I can only recommend, and that doesn't mean that they're going to pay any attention mm-hmm. to what I recommend. Right. But, and, uh, you know, I recommend that they wait till, you know, the soil is warm and that they've killed at least two flushes of weeds and, and, and they're at least two weeks behind their conventional neighbor on, on the corn planting or at least corn emergence is our goal. Uh, we don't want any possibility for cross-pollination. But uh, having said that, uh, I know that one of my tenants has already planted some corn and intends to plant popcorn next week and corn. I think I think it's still a little too cold for organic, but mm-hmm. be, <laughs> be that as it may. Yeah. Uh, and you, you may have learned that through through your own uh, your own lumps, right? So he just he has the opportunity to learn maybe lessons the hard way, or maybe get That's lucky. Right. That's right. I mean, hopefully he gets lucky and uh, yeah. and and has a great year. Uh, the other tenants uh, they have uh, worked some ground, terminated some cover crop, waiting on that second flush of weeds, and I would I would think that they will probably be planting you know, closer to the uh, end of April or, or into the 10th of May. And how does that feel to to have stewarded that ground, gone through that transition, and to, to be watching someone else take that over? Does it feel nice and you can just hang out in your hammock and, and drink a, a Corona with lime? Or is it is it oh, hard to watch? Don't bring up Corona. You yeah. know? I, once I said that, I realized that Corona. <laughs> don't and you, bring up Corona. That's bad. <laughs> anyway. The kind of Corona that you do want in your body, right? Yeah. No, I never did want that Corona in my body. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, or I'm, or I'm a, a whiskey, bourbon, whiskey I'm, on the rocks. I, I'm a bourbon guy. God. Well, summertime. Well, but anyway, <laughs> be that as it may, uh, it's bittersweet. The feeling that I get is is uh, you know I I don't miss working with uh, nine or 10 employees every day. Mm-hmm. I don't miss that at all. 
I do have concerns about the, how should I say, attitude or of, of, of a couple of my tenants as far as, mm. you know, they, they still won't think like conventional farmers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there has to be a, a total change in mindset to be a, an organic farmer. So you, you, you mentioned the, the wholesale mental shift that's required when going to organic. Can you tell us more about that? What maybe for you, what that shift was like, but also just kind of a, an observation about what a, a successful organic mindset looks like? Well, again, I think, I think, I think they have to look at soil health. All of a sudden, weed control and soil health become two of the most important issues. Uh, rather than uh, seeing who can be finished with their planting first, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, in our area with the conventional guys, it's like a contest, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, I mean, it's like this one 6,000 acre farmer when he got down a week ago, uh, you know, boy, they, they posted it on Facebook, you know, <laughs> uh, you know. Two, two, two good weeks and, 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 and 6,000 acres in the ground, you know? And so, yeah, crossed that finish line and was doing this victory lap around. Yeah, yeah. you know, and they, uh, kudos to our employees, you know, for a great job, blah, 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 blah. And that's great, you know? But with in the organic world, you know, again, you, you've got to look soil uh, temperature, look at what the weather's going to do mm-hmm. for a few next few days after you plant. Because you know you've got to get in there and do that blind weed control. Yeah, different different mindset. There's just a lot of people who aren't who look at it strictly from the price of grain and say, well, there's no opportunity to make any money here with corn that starts with a three. I would rather work with corn that starts with a with an eight or a nine. Or mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not about that because if it, it, it doesn't matter if the if the price is you know, two and a half times higher. If if you're growing only a third of a crop, you're mm-hmm. you, you 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 still lost. Yeah. Or conversely, if you still take that conventional mindset as you described it, and maybe that's early planting, but I think that's also being so input dependent. Where if you're not a low cost grower, then you're eroding any potential profit, even if it is two point five three x what the pay price is. I think that's true. What do you miss the most? about uh, actually being out there farming that land honestly i i can't say that i that i miss any part of it <laughs> that's honest <laughs> <laughs> i can't i can't say that i miss any part of it hmm. uh other other than just the, the the satisfaction of of going out there and seeing a crop growing mm-hmm. and uh, pride of accomplishment of, of yeah. trying to do things right and now you're doing things right maybe just in in other in other realms yeah, i think that, i'd like to think that anyway <laughs> <laughs> um so let, let's switch gears here a little bit uh and I'm, I'm curious if you can give i'd like you to give us an update about corona and in indiana we've we've talked to folks uh in a lot of different parts of the country and it has affected people very personally, or maybe not at all, or it's affected people's markets, or maybe at all, or, or maybe for the better. Um, how has COVID-19 impacted maybe you, your family, your day-to-day, 
And how is it impacting your larger community that you obviously have a lot of interaction with, whether it's crop insurance or tenants, farmers or, or whatever? Well, the, the biggest thing that we've seen, it's, it's like, uh, it's like around the holidays, you know, I mean, the, the, the business activity has almost come to a halt, mm-hmm. you know, courthouses are closed and, you know, all of a sudden we're doing mail, you know, doing business by mail and with, with people that, that would normally come into the office or there's so many people who are not, you know, working uh, in their office or, you know, my wife and I are at the age and that, you know, we normally eat out a lot, you know, mm-hmm. so this is really crimping our style a little bit, you know, <laughs> yeah, I hear that, you know, so there's a lot more cooking going on. Uh, these are definitely different times mm-hmm. than any of us have ever experienced. Unprecedented is the word that, that I hear about 10 times a day in the news Absolutely. and everywhere else. Yeah. Different times. Uh, but, you know, from, a, from the, you know, farmer standpoint, I mean, these guys, like I say, they're going after it like there's not going to be a tomorrow. They're still out there just planting their little hearts away. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the rest of the community, we, we have a lot of government employees in our area. And, of course, they're they're shut down. They're all at home. A nursing home locally, that's, uh, unfortunately, they've, uh, they, they have an, an outbreak. And, oh, really? And, uh, so far, there's only been one death, several residents have been contracted the virus so mm-hmm. so that's it's just a bad it's it's not something you look forward to to uh watching the news or reading the newspaper because there's just not much good news out there indiana's website today we're up to 27 cases in our county and i think i think yesterday's paper said there 14 or wednesday's paper said there were 14 of those in the local nursing home so oh man and that, that's the, the crazy skewed statistic as well as that's confirmed cases. But everything I've read says it, it, between three and ten times more than that is actually how many cases there are. So, Mark, don't want to take too much more of your time. Uh, but I'm going to ask you a question that I've been asking other people at the end, which is I know you spend a lot of time on the road driving around. I, I see you at most conferences is where a lot of the time where we cross paths. Um, what do you listen to on a road trip? As we're on a road trip right now in this podcast, what do you recommend? What's what's playing in your truck as you're driving around? When when I am driving, of course, I'm usually on the telephone. All right. When I'm driving around, but but if I'm not on the phone, I'm either listening to uh, uh, either either a Christian music station mm-hmm. or a station from the from the '60s '70s. Uh, era oldies but goodies <laughs> got it <laughs> i like the oldies and goldies yeah oh, i love it okay cool well we'll we'll hopefully play out on some some golden oldies here for you so thanks for taking the time mark always a pleasure to to catch up with you all right man great talking with you as well be uh, safe yeah you as well we'll see you you can find Pipeline Foods Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast provided by, you guessed it, Pipeline Foods. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, get in touch. We'd love to share your story with our listeners.